Welcome to A First Perspective with Victoria. I'm so excited to be able to share these conversations with you all, whether I'm sitting down with friends I've known my entire life, mentors that I look up to, or just people who have unique experiences and interesting perspectives on everything that's going on in the world today. I'm so grateful to be able to sit down with these people and share their stories and share their opinions and just be able to have fun with everything. As the title of the podcast suggests, this is all about seeing everything from a new perspective and learning more about other people's perspectives. So it's important to listen with an open mind and a willingness to see things from other people's points of view. And I hope that along the way you are able to either learn something new about what's going on in the world today or to understand something a little bit better that maybe you didn't know too much about. Either way, I hope you enjoy and thank you so much for listening. Hi, welcome to the first episode of A Fresh Perspective with Victoria in 2020. I'm so excited. I took some time to meet with some people, have conversations with people, and really just make sure I'm giving this my best foot forward. And I'm so excited because the first people that I sat down with are my two friends, Carissa Ward and Leah Lane. And we talked about everything regarding childbirth and their experiences after giving birth and what it has looked like for their marriages and just for them emotionally and mentally. And it was such an important conversation that I don't think we're talking about as much. And as someone who has never given birth, doesn't have any kids, it was honestly eye-opening. And it's just so incredible to think about what the human body is capable of in general, but especially women who give birth to children. It's insane. I'm going to say that this, there are parts of their stories that they shared with me that are explicit, that are maybe, you know, you might not want to listen to, but I highly recommend it because it's so fascinating to me. It was just eye-opening and I'm so thankful for them being able to share their stories and, you know, being able to open up that conversation regarding what childbirth is like, what their experiences were like how traumatic it can be, and the changes that your body goes through after you have the baby. So I thank them so much. I'm so excited for you to hear from them. We spent almost three hours talking, so there will be a part two coming next week. So let's get this episode started. Here's part one. I hope you enjoy. Hey, what's up? Welcome back. (laughs) Welcome back, bitches. I want to start off because I think between 2016 and 2018, there were five people that I knew that had babies. And five? Five. So you two and Lisa and Elise and my sister. It was. Yeah. Oh, and yeah, those couple years of babies. And all of the stories increasingly got more tra- traumatic. Tra- <laughs> so traumatic, we can't even say the word. Traumatic. And I mean, I was there for my sisters, which was just like, I'm never going to do that again. But I mean, I think it started off with you, Leah. I think yours was the first one that it was like, 
why did that happen? <laughs> why did I have a baby? Why yeah. did I think this was a good what idea? What was she thinking? Um, and then, you know, there were a couple of other people that also had stories. And then, Carissa, you had your story, too, where it just didn't go as planned and has we would want it to so I kind of want to start off with that where like Leah like kind of share a little bit about what your experience was like and then we can hear what Carissa's was like so I guess I was that mom that didn't I didn't have a birth plan I didn't do any research I went to like one class to tour the hospital and it was like okay this is where I'm delivering and you know whatever happens is gonna happen and where I lived my doctor also worked in Wyoming, so he was gone half the week. So once I hit 40 weeks, you know, technically you can be induced, and I was over it, and I wanted him to be there, so I chose to be induced, and I was, like, one centimeter dilated, like, definitely not ready. I hear our baby's crying. Um, <laughs> and so I went in, like, eight in the morning. They started the Pitocin, and... Um, then they broke my water, like, right after they started the Pitocin, which should not have done. But again, I didn't do any research. I guess it's kind of my fault for not knowing about all that stuff. Kind of just, like, trusted them. Yeah, you trust your doctor that they're going to do what's best for you. And so he broke my water, and then I started getting contractions, and they gave me my epidural really early probably earlier than they should have have should have but I also didn't really care because I was just like please give me something and then it got messed up and they had to redo it so that was hard and then once you get your epidural you're just stuck in bed so around like 8 p.m like the normal episode like 12 hours later I finally felt like relief by having the epidural like help with everything and then I got some sleep. I mean, I don't know if it's really sleep. Do you yeah, really it's, sleep? It's like, it's like you're like laying the there with your eyes closed. Your yeah, yeah. So you're just like kind of dozing. <laughs> yeah, like I think I was sleeping, but I I don't know. But also, you're so excited because you're like, oh my god, I'm in labor. Well, like, like am I gonna push now? Like, yeah. what's going on? Plus, nurses are coming in and checking you constantly. Constantly, and so, you know, by eight p.m., I was like feeling fine, but I was hardly dilated. And then they had to keep stopping the Pitocin because uh, Layla's heart rate kept dropping. So it's like they started my labor and then they would like stop it because I wasn't doing it by myself. So by like two in the morning, all of a sudden I had a fever of 104. Like I went from like fine to 104 and like I knew I didn't feel good. But again, it was one of those things like, oh, this must be normal. Like, oh, I'm shaking. Like, oh, and I have a fever. Like, this is normal, right? Like everyone does this. And so then there was talks of like C-sections and then they, and I was just so exhausted and I was like on an oxygen mask and you can't eat or drink anything because, well, when you're induced, you can't eat or drink. So this is like 16 plus hours of nothing. And if I did drink anything, I would just throw it up. So I'm just super weak. Six in the morning, they come in and check and I was like six centimeters, which is, you still got quite a way to go. And then, again, more talks of a C-section, and by that time, I said, just do whatever. Like, I'm so over this. And then my husband was like, no, you can do it. You can do it. And my doctor really didn't want to. Then by, like, 8 o'clock, like, okay, you're 9 centimeters. Like, let's start, you know, they got my infection under control. Well, 
they got my fever under control, which I found out later was an infection. But, um, so I started pushing around like eight and I pushed for almost two and a half hours and then she, she came. But the last, the last 10 minutes before she came was the worst because I couldn't feel any contractions because of the epidural, but the epidural wasn't working um, down there. So I could feel everything. Like I could feel her coming out, but I couldn't feel my contractions of when to push. So I had to just wait till they told me to push, which it's like, it's like a little bit of like a delay because like they're watching the monitor. So I'm just pushing when they're telling me. And so then they're like, okay, like I could feel her about to come out. I'm like, okay, well, you need to wait for your doctor to get here. And I'm like, <laughs> I can't wait. Like she's right there. So I was just like up, like on my knees, like screaming. And then finally the doctor walked in and then he's like, you need to relax, which was like the third time someone had told me that. And I wanted to punch him in the face because everyone was telling me to relax. And I'm like, <laughs> And so begins the post. Yes, and I'm like, <laughs> relax. Like, I'm having, well, what I found out was an eight, almost nine pound baby with like one of the biggest heads in the world coming out. Until Jackson came yeah. It, yeah, literally. And so she finally comes out, and then I just wanted to eat. I was like, give me food, give me Coke. Like, I need caffeine. Coca Cola. Coca Cola, sorry. And one thing that I'll just kind of touch on for a second was like, when she came out, like, I didn't cry. And I think that's kind of what started. Yeah, you have this expectation of, like, oh, you see your baby, and you're going to start crying. Like, Rob was crying, Mm -hmm. and I was just like, oh, how long do I have to hold her? And you just went through, like, such a, like, traumatic experience. Yeah, so I was in labor for 26 hours. And then right away... Um, I guess she pooped inside me. I forget what the term of that is. So while I was pushing, I had like my doctor, my nurse, my mom, Rob, and like four NICU nurses. Mm -hmm. So they cleaned her up real quick before they even gave her to me. And then instantly, like, like I said, I was just like, oh, how long do I have to hold her? Like, I I wasn't feeling like that bond. And so they took her, and then they were doing blood tests, and they thought she had diabetes. Like, then they took her to the NICU, and I don't know, maybe we'll get into the NICU stories later, because we both went through that. And um, then I was bleeding a lot, so they... <laughs> Did I tell my story? <laughs> Are you going to share what happened? I'll what share the nurse what happened. <laughs> so, so, you know, you have your baby, and then, like, the placenta comes out, and... I go, oh, like, did my placenta come out? Like, I kind of wanted to see it. Like, I thought it'd be kind of interesting. And my doctor and the nurse are, like, whispering. I'm like, when doctors and nurses are whispering, like, Never that's a not good a good sign. idea. So he's like, oh, no, it hasn't come out yet. And all of a sudden, I just, like, feel him reach in and, like, yank it out. And I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that happened. And then he goes. You feel so violated. You do. And so then they start, like, whispering again, and I'm like, what's going on? And he's just, like, super casually, like, oh, well, you know, you're just bleeding a lot more than we'd want you to. And I was like, okay, like, what does that mean? Yeah. And he's like, oh, well, you know, you tear, like, had a tear. And I'm like, well, obviously. And then all of a sudden... I feel like someone shoving something up my butt. And I was like, whoa. And the nurse, 
the nurse was like, you felt that? And I was like, yes, I feel like I've told you guys my epidural is not working down there. Like I felt everything. And she's like, oh, I'm sorry. She's like, I thought you like couldn't feel anything. I'm like, no, definitely so felt that. Like, like rough with you probably. Yeah, because they don't know. And but so, also, what are you putting up my butt? Apparently, it was like some medicine. Like I was too focused on. Wait, this. was it really up your butt? Yeah, she like put up my butthole. Oh my god! Like I still to this day don't know what it was because then all of a sudden it's like oh. Were they like sewing you back? No, I I don't know. Like I said, it just all happened. Something was in my butt, <laughs> and then my doctor's like, like a bad night. Yeah, and then my doctor's like, oh, we need to you know like stitch you up. And he like went to do one and I was like, I can feel that like the pain is so much down there that like what's sad is like even like them stitching you up doesn't even hurt that bad because you're so sore. And so I was like, I can feel that. And then he's like, oh, man. So he had like give me some shots of like whatever to be able to to stitch me up. And then they transported me to another room and I laid on the bed and thought it was like the best bed ever because um delivery beds so uncomfortable and you're laying there for over 24 hours like you can't get up you can't walk and so that was that was the beginning of that that sounds so gross and terrifying it was terrifying it was disgusting I mean having a baby it's it's the nastiest thing in the world they say it's the most beautiful thing in the world but it's also really the most like gnarly thing you've probably ever done well and I told Rob don't look like, don't look down there. Don't look down there. Like, But some guys just want to look. Looks. Like, they can't stop themselves. Yeah, he's like, I couldn't help it. And I'm like... You're never okay, going to well, look at me the same. You're never going to look at it the same. Like, yeah. I didn't want to look like some woman put up... Um, a mirror. A mirror. Oh, yeah. The doctors will always ask. I never... I never even took a mirror. You know, some people will, like, take, like, a hand. I didn't want to see it. Mm-hmm. To this day, I've still never, like, looked to see... And you're probably fine with it. Yeah, because right? it, like, it feels like it feels normal. You feel like you're miss, you missed out. Yeah, I think that if like you would know if there was something like weird. So yeah. I was just like, I never wanted to well, look. Some women say it helps them like to be able to push like when they're right on the verge, like they can see it and it helps them push and whatever works for you is great. But yeah, I would probably be the same. Actually, I don't know. I never got to that. Well, and also one of the worst things um, was the IV mm-hmm. because yeah. they put it in my hand and when you're induced, you have, um, like, a blood pressure monitor on. And so they had to switch it because it was bruising my arm. So they put it on the arm with my IV. So it would, like, push my IV in and out. And so once they put me in my recovery room, I just, like, begged the nurse to take it out. Yeah. And she's like, well, we really shouldn't because, like, you had that infection. And mm-hmm. I'm like, if you have to put it back in, like, I don't care. But, like, I need you to take it out. Mm-hmm. Also, side note, worst part of delivering was the catheter. Worse. I, I, I felt it. it. I felt it the entire See, time. Epidural, I don't think your epidural was right. Mine wasn't either, and I'll get into that, but mine yeah. wasn't like that. Because I'm like, I've never had a catheter, but like, I don't think you're supposed to feel it. Yeah. And it burned the entire, like, I would like beg my nurses, like, just put a diaper on me. Like, just do something like you need to take this thing out. And, but it was crazy because I didn't feel contractions, but I felt the catheter and my IV were... Epidurals are amazing, but it's it's also crazy, like how many of my friends that I know who have had epidurals and myself included, how it they didn't it wasn't placed correctly. It can be like a millimeter (laughs) off, and they have to completely redo it Mm -hmm. because I felt it all on one side of my body. Me too, but I didn't know any different. Well, yeah, because we never had babies. One side, like I could still move my right leg, and my other, my left leg, I had to literally Mm -hmm. like it was like a dead stump. I had to like pick it up, and then. 
yeah and and then that I feel like that contributed to when I got to the very end with the c-section why I still felt like I could feel them cutting me open yeah which is (laughs) which is so similar to my sister's but so yeah I want to hear kind of what your story was like so you were in labor Leah how long were you in labor for 26 hours hours. okay because I didn't labor before right because you were going from being induced which is going from like zero to a hundred yeah. Yeah. And so mine was so, sort of like that. However, my I was in labor for 36 hours start to finish, but um mine my water broke first, but I guess it didn't bro- break all the way. I it was like 3 in the morning. I was basically you can't sleep when you're 9 months pregnant and you know like it's my due date had already come and gone. It was actually Jackson was due June 6th. And this was, I guess, the morning of June 7th, it's 3 a.m. I was laying in bed. I'm like, okay, like, am I going to feel any, am I going to start feeling contractions? Like when, you know, all these things are just going through your head because you know it like could happen any day, any time. Mm-hmm. I was already, I had just gone out of work the Friday before because I knew like I didn't want to be at work you know, and go into labor. I had heard stories of, you know, some women that say, oh yeah, your first baby, you'll be in labor for a while. And I know some people who it was their first baby and they literally like had their baby in three hours, like and it literally just from like slips start out. to finish. Oh, yeah. I was nice. like, um, so, and I, and I have a job where I'm on my feet all day and you know, I'm un- super uncomfortable. I didn't, I just did not want to be there. So like when did you stop working? it was June 1st. So it was a Friday. Basically I went out, I worked almost up to my due date Jackson was due that following Wednesday on the you 6th guys that was his both crazy yeah to, my 40 weeks was on a Sunday mm-hmm. and I worked till Friday yeah because so I'm like basically right before well and like I feel like you and I both had I mean other than being super uncomfortable and you know all the things that come along with being pregnant all the like it wasn't that gross stuff yeah my pregnancy was super textbook like I didn't have any issues I didn't have hard I mean I had nausea in the beginning I never threw up um I like, you know, my doctor's I always, lost him. Yeah, I was from throwing up. Oh, yeah, but I remember, yeah, but, and that was, that was the, the thing with me is I was like, okay, this is like, this isn't so bad. Like, I mean, my back hurts all the time, but I was still able to work like normal. Every time I went in for my, my checkups, doctors said, oh yeah, everything looks great. He's got a strong heartbeat. You know, um, you look great. Like you're gaining the proper amount of weight, like make sure you're eating, you know, this and that and all the things. And they would answer my questions, but it was always just like super in and out. Like you were going to go in assuming that your labor was going to be a textbook. Exactly. Because of how and so, was. yeah. And so I was like super, like, I thought I, I like had this down, like, I had all my assumptions like before having my baby I would see other people's kids I'd be like oh I'm gonna when I have my baby I'm gonna make sure I don't let him or her do that or I'm I'm not gonna do this best mom before I had kids yeah yeah I will never Mm -hmm. let my kid watch an iPad at the restaurant exactly the second we sit down here you go yeah it's like please please just don't start crying please just give us like 20 minutes to like (laughs) so people aren't and that okay and that contributes to my postpartum anxiety too but we'll get there um anyway so back to um the day I went into labor was my water had I felt like just like a slight like this is TMI but like (laughs) we're talking about it so yeah 
I mean, pretty much I'm assuming anyone who would be listening to this is either like a mom themselves or someone who's about to have a baby or just curious about the birthing experience. So here we go. So, so I'm laying in bed. So like, I feel, and like when you're, you know, 40 weeks pregnant, like you've, you're using, losing your mucus plug. So there's just like stuff going on down there. There's like discharge, whatever. And even though, is it pee? Is it my water? Right, exactly. Well, and then, yeah, you're so big and pregnant and your baby's sitting on your bladder, like, you know, (laughs) having to change your underwear a few times a day is common. So anyway, so I'm laying there. I'm like, okay, so did I, I, like, I felt almost like a, like a, like a little, like I, like it didn't make a sound, but like it felt like that, like something like popped or something. But like when you hear about like women, like their water breaking, like or in the movies and stuff, you see it's like always like a big gush well, it's and like just like they're walking and just like oh, yeah, <laughs> right. So it was like, okay, uh, so I got up, I remember getting up and going to the bathroom and I, you know, sat down cause like you're, you know, you're peeing all the time when you're that pregnant and Um, I sat down, I was like, okay, it was probably just like whatever, like I peed a little bit or something. So like I went to the bathroom, changed my underwear, went back to bed and laid there. And then I just like felt like just like a constant like trickle, but not like you're peeing yourself, but just like a constant like, like you're leaking. (laughs) So I'm like, okay, that's weird. And then so they tell you like, okay, you know, call the nurse's hotline, like if you have any questions or anything. So like after I had gotten up probably three times and checked and changed my underwear and everything, I called and I explained it to them and they like asked like details like, oh, what color is it? You know, does it have a scent? Blah, blah, blah. Because I never got to experience this. Because you went in from you. Yeah, it was scheduled. So mine, but mine was basically like I was induced because I like just before, like we were talking with my OBGYN about like doing a membrane sweep, but I was going to do it the following week after my 40 weeks. Yeah, we're going to do it at 41 weeks. What's a membrane sweep? So it's basically when when they go in, because when you're 39 weeks, they go in and they check to see how dilated you are. They basically just shove two fingers up you and it's like super awkward and uncomfortable. And they can feel, and I I guess there's like a technique to tell like how if your cervix is like dilated or how faced you are and all this stuff. They did that to my sister a lot and she would like scream in agony because it was so painful. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's the weirdest thing. But I was like, Hardly, I was like, he said I was like a centimeter dilated, if even that. It's like the worst thing you can hear when you're like 39, mm-hmm. like, oh, you're You want to hear you're like, oh, you're two centimeters already. Like, because you hear about women all the time. Like, oh, yeah, I was walking around four centimeters dilated like two weeks before. I okay, psychopath. Yeah. Right. I'm like, wait, like why? Anyways, but yeah, that was not my experience. And then so to have your water, I always thought I was going to go into labor first. I was going to start having contractions. I was going to. So this was my thought process. Like I was someone throughout my whole pregnancy. I was like obsessed. I had all the apps. I read all the books. Like I watched freaking documentaries. I was a nerd. Like I watched like Life Inside the Womb. And I would like watch. I'd be like, this is this is the point where my baby is at. I was like such a nerd about it. But I was super excited. So, but I wanted to be prepared because that's my thing. It's like I feel better about myself if I'm prepared, like for something. I mean, how much can you prepare about labor without having ever done it? So I was like yeah. trying to. Because well, they tell you make a birth plan, but oh yeah, it's probably not going to happen. So it's like, what's the point? Why, why would I? So that was your thought. You're like, I'm just not going to stress. Yeah, yeah. I don't want. I don't want to think about it. Right. Exactly. No. I was like, it's just going to happen, and I'll just go in and go, go with the flow. You know, someone's going to tell me what's going on. Yeah. Like. <laughs> One would hope. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently not, but yeah, it just, it, I feel like it never goes according to plan. It's like, so 
you just have to you kind of have to go with the flow but then you also have to kind of like be able to advocate for yourself too like Mm -hmm. if something doesn't feel right like you have to trust your gut and like tell them and then also don't try and be a superhero either like there's if that's something that's super important to you and you want to be able to give natural birth or whatever not have an epidural or anything that's great but also I feel like a lot of women feel pressure to do that because they think they should or oh it's you know something that if this woman could do it you should be able to do it too or you're selfish or you're like a wimp or something if you have to have an epidural which is totally not the case like I know definitely plenty of moms that went in I'm gonna do it all natural and got an epidural the second day. heck yeah yeah and and I'll get to that but um so anyway so I called in they said oh yeah that sounds like amniotic fluid like go ahead and um come in um, and we'll check just to verify, but pack your bags because you're probably not coming back. So I was like, okay. So I go and wake up at my husband. I said, Hey, like I just called and they said, like, they told me to come in. Like, I think it's happening today and stuff. So he called his work and told them he wasn't going to come in. We were all excited, but they say when your water breaks, um, not to stay home, like you should come in within like a couple of hours or will they say with when your water breaks, um, if you wait too long, I guess you can get an infection. And that's what happened with me as well. Even though I did everything that I was supposed to, like, I mean, I, I packed, you know, I wouldn't have my bag all the way packed. So I finished packing it. I took a shower. I got dressed, Gabe packed his bag and everything. And then we headed off to the hospital. Of course, we stopped at Starbucks on the way. Priorities. Uh, and then it was this was by this point, it was like 830 in the morning. So we're and we're heading to Mary Birch from where we lived at our place in La Mesa at the time. So we're sitting in traffic. And I remember just thinking, like, I'm in labor right now and I don't feel anything. This is crazy. Like and I was well, saying, do you think that you're always like once your water breaks, all of a sudden you're gonna get contractions? Right. It's all just gonna and that happen. wasn't the case. Yeah. But I had Braxton Hicks literally from like the time I was like seven months pregnant. I was I was hospitalized overnight when I was seven months pregnant, twenty eight weeks, just because I had these strong contractions and they couldn't stop them and they didn't know why I was having them and so they monitored me overnight. But they ended up I wasn't dilated, so they ended up letting me go home. They they weren't worried that he was gonna like. Yeah, have like an early labor. So then we get to the hospital. You have to go to triage first. And so um, um, meanwhile, while I'm waiting to be admitted into triage, this lady comes wheeling in and she's like screaming in agony. (laughs) She's like, I'm in so much pain. She's like, someone please get me in the hospital immediately. Like I'm about to have this baby. So that was fun. So then obviously she's like, I'm getting ready to do that. I'm just sitting there and I'm like still not feeling anything except, you know, like my water is like slowly leaking. It's like a slow leak. And um, I'm just like, I looked at Gabe. I was like, um, what are we getting about to get ourselves into? But then I still felt like, you know, my mind is going to be great. Like it's going to be perfect, you know, and and it's good. You want to have a good mindset going into it. You do. If you're all doom and gloom, then it's going to be a negative experience no matter what. So, and, and, you know, I didn't know what to expect. We were all excited and everything. So finally, you know, they got to us. They checked me. Yes, it was my amniotic fluid. Okay, great. We're going to bring you on up to your room. They make you walk up to your room. Supposedly that helps like with the whole laboring process and everything. And they let me sit in the bed. We watched movies. Um, They let me labor naturally for a little while. And so I would start feeling contractions and they literally just felt like 
like mild like period cramp pains and yeah. I, I remember people had told me that before and I was like oh I was like these aren't bad like that's yeah, not like that the bad first ones aren't that bad yeah got this like oh that's awful. right I was like oh I was like you know you've dealt with this like you know like, your whole wow, life this is so easy well, and, so, talking about. and so with that I was like okay I'm gonna hold out and see how long I can go without I knew I always knew I wanted an epidural because I did not want to go all natural mm-hmm. I knew that, but I did definitely want to try and hold out as long as I could because I figured my labor, it would speed up my labor the longer I waited to get an upper doll. That's what, that's what you hear. That's what they tell you. Mine wore off because I had it so early. You had it so early. Way too early. So like, you know, next I feel like your body kind of starts to adjust to it too, like the longer you have it. And that's what's also kind of scary because, you know, like people with medications and stuff, like you get immune to it and it doesn't work as well. I think the same thing happens with an epidural the longer you have have it done. Like, sorry, like in the middle of the night, the anesthesiologist had to come in like three different times and give me new, like new medication. Because where you say you could feel it. Yeah. It was just a burning sensation down there. And I'm like, yeah, that's it's burning. Like this isn't normal. It's mm-hmm. burning, and yeah, at least three different times. Yeah, like, new different medications, which I don't think helps the situation. Because when you're in labor, you're not thinking like, oh, what are they putting? Like, what medicine are they giving me? It's like, right. oh, you're the doctor. You should know. You should know. Yeah, and you just trust them. You do. And there's our children crying <laughs> again. <laughs> And that's the common thread of like motherhood is like you literally like cannot focus on anything else if your baby is crying. Our husband's got this. So, so moving on. Like, let's see how long it takes for her <laughs> to quiet down. So anyways, and so after about four hours of letting me labor naturally and everything, my nurse comes in with this clear bag of and it says Pitocin on the side. She's like, all right, we're going to go ahead. And, and I had an IV. She's like, we're going to go ahead and like put the Pitocin on now into your IV to kind of like get things moving along and everything. They ask you or just tell you? They basically just told me. And I had heard in the past, because during during my research that I did, you know, on all over the internet, like, you know, that you, you have a say. But I think I, what I would... I was under the assumption that they told me that because my water had broken, they wanted to try to get him delivered with under 24 hours because of, again, they didn't want an infection. And they also didn't want to check me like super frequently because like every time, like, you know, they, bacteria. yeah, they're introducing bacteria and like it. And if they figured like the amniotic fluid is the bag is ruptured, he's going to get, you know, bacteria and he could get an infection. And so I'm like, okay, so I let them give me the Pitocin because I figured it would speed things up. And let me tell you, Pitocin is no joke. Pitocin sucks. Like it, it, it I hear it's completely from people who have had like normal labor without it and labor with it, that it's too different. And I, and it, and looking back, I, I wonder like maybe I, I could have delivered naturally, even though I would never have wanted to normal contractions I guess natural contractions are probably yes they're painful I I don't doubt that but they're probably not the same as Pitocin contractions as like intense yeah Pitocin completely different feeling so like when I was when I was having natural contractions like there was a definite like a gradual build and a peak and then a, a fall. And then you had a period of time in between where you didn't feel anything. And you're like, okay, this is not bad. Once the Pitocin was introduced, you felt 
a, a rise, like a peak where it was like super, like just like aggravating, painful, like, like every, like no one, like I couldn't even have my husband look at me. I'd be like, don't look at me. <laughs> like It's like, it makes you so angry. Like it hurts so bad. And then it like starts to like subside, but it never fully goes away. It just stays at this like low grade, like, like pain. Like I can't even find the word to describe it. It's just so aggravating. And it's like, it like makes you like want to punch someone. <laughs> it sucks. And then, and then it, and then it peaks again. It's like, it's like torture. It's torturous. And so I still was like trying to be a superhero and like, I was trying to hold out and like, I was on the like birthing ball and like rolling around and Gabe had this little vibrating massager and he was trying to massage my back and stuff. And yeah, and he I was, he was, <laughs> I slept on the couch the whole time until I was ready to push. Oh, but you already had your epidural, so you were already in the bed and stuff too. Yeah, but you know, did they give you a peanut there, ball? Like, rubbing my head or like, <laughs> like getting you a cold cloth, fanning you, feeding you no, grapes. I look over and he's sleeping on the couch or playing on his phone. Yeah. I already told him next time I'm just doing it by myself. It's probably, <laughs> no one's in the room. It's probably super waiting. boring, like the waiting process for like the dads or the, you know, the father. Of See, the I child. didn't get any of the balls because I got my epidural so soon that I couldn't. I was just stuck in bed. Yeah. But they didn't give you, like, a peanut ball and, like, have you, like, rotate side to side. They did that for me once I got my epidural. But then, yeah, like, I remember my husband's sister came in at one point because she works at Mary Birch. And she was, like, checking on us. And she was all excited. And I remember just feeling like, oh, I just want her to leave. Like, I don't <laughs> want anybody in my room except yeah. Gabe. Like, because, like, I was, like, trying to hold it together and, like, trying to, like you know, make it look like I like got this, you know, like I was in ba- even no thinking I got, the yeah. Like even the nurses, like I was, I would get irritated when the nurses would come in. Cause I felt, and I feel like this is what started like my anxiety too. Like in my head when the nurses would come in and they were just doing their job and they were just checking on me. Like I, but I felt like in out in the hall, they were probably like, all right, let's see how long she can last. Let's see how long she can last before she and, like, asks for the bed going on. So it was like, so it was like, I was, every time they would walk in, I would be like, Oh, hi, I'm great. I'm doing good, you know. And mind you, like, I had gotten ready to go. Like, before we went to the hospital, I showered. I, like, did my hair and makeup because I thought, like, oh, yeah, I want pictures to be taken after I have my baby. And, like, I want it to be this beautiful experience. You want this Lo and behold. Exactly. And then, yeah, you should do, like, Instagram versus reality because then, I mean, and then when I got to that point, I just posted all my reality pictures, like, bags under my eyes, like, my hair mess, like, because sleep deprived, like, there's just no, I think it's better to like post like the reality of childbirth and have people know, you know, that it's okay if you didn't do your makeup. It's okay if your hair is dirty so and you're not wearing a, a matching robe with yeah, your baby swaddle. Like, like, yeah, it's okay. That's you know, not normal. yeah, it's, it's, yeah, that's, I don't know how people do that, but again, everyone's births situations are very different some people have super easy labors and that's good for them (laughs) that was not my case and so so anyway so finally okay they had given me fentanyl a couple times too because I was trying to hold out on getting an epidural which I kind of wish I didn't do that because that one see the epidural doesn't actually go into the placenta I mean into the amniotic fluid or anything like that so it never touches your baby it just helps you so people shouldn't feel bad about getting an epidural at all it's not going to affect your baby actually the fentanyl does affect your baby a little bit and they told me but it's temporary or something I don't know yeah it didn't it didn't really work that great they said oh it's just like maybe 20 minutes it kind of like makes the pain subside so you can like get a break and rest a little bit so I did that a couple of times and then after that I finally was like 
I looked at Gabe and I was like, I need an epidural. Can you please? I, I like was so like in pain. I couldn't even ask them. I was like, next time my nurse comes in, can you just say, hey, she's ready for the epidural? And so he did that. And then they finally came in and did it. That experience, I don't even remember. Some people say it was painful getting like the epidural. I don't even remember that because I think I was in pain. I was about four and a half centimeters dilated by the time I got my epidural and four and a half centimeters with Pitocin is pretty painful. Yeah. So I was like, all right, I did my job. I'm done. I'm ready to like relax a little bit. And once I got my epidural, it was great. I do feel like I wasn't completely numb, but again, I didn't really know like what to expect. So I you thought that was normal. Yeah. Oh, maybe it just kind of subsides the pain a little bit. Like I'll still feel something. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. And so so anyway, so I went through the night um, on the epidural and I, like you said, I didn't, I slept a little bit here and there, but not great. Um, I was like up, Gabe slept. I was just up watching TV, watching movies and stuff like that. Somebody had their baby in the elevator at 4 a.m. Like <laughs> I heard a baby crying and my nurse came in. I was like, oh, I was like, did somebody just have their baby next door? And she's like, yeah, in the elevator outside, actually. I was like, well, oh. that's the people waiting too long. Like after waiting the, too long. Yeah. It's not their first. Yeah. So but it's amazing how yeah like people have had their babies in the in the parking lot there it's crazy um so the next day um so this would be okay the morning of so it's been june 8th it's been 24 hours because okay so mind you i went in at 9 a.m thinking we were gonna have jackson by like that night because that's what they tell you like Mm -hmm. oh you know probably in the next at least 12 hours exactly yeah 12 hours don't even give me a time frame because that's you can't predict that. Right. I mean, if I came in at like well, gives nine you, centimeters, like, okay. Then right. Maybe. Then you can predict it. Or if it's not your first or something yeah. like that. But like, yeah, they kind of give you like an unrealistic expectation. expectation of a time frame of like, or like almost like a guideline of like what you should meet. And then so like when the next morning rolled around and I still hadn't had him yet, I was getting so nervous. I was like, oh God, like Something's they're going to start talking yeah. about a C-section and stuff like that. And luckily up until that point, they hadn't, like I had heard stories like, oh yeah, don't let your doctors like pressure you to get a C-section because they've been pushing them on people and See, blah, it's blah, funny blah. you say that because I was told opposite that they don't want people to have C-sections. See, and that's, that was actually my experience. I felt like they did, they were trying to do everything in the world to not have me have a C-section. But and I think that's dangerous because I think, yes. you know, once you get to the next part of your story, there's things that should not have happened. Exactly, that you're trying so hard for someone to not have a C-section that then it turns into an emergency situation. Yes, exactly. And I'm like, is that healthier? Right, and I feel like I, that that was like my case. Like, I feel like they never, they were so like, I don't know if they were scared or I don't know what, or maybe they, because I mean, everything up until that point was like fine. Like, you know, his heart rate was fine. Like he was in a good stand condition. So they didn't think it was an emergency Um, so, so that following day, um, so this is the morning of June 8th, um, the day he was actually born, um, we're going through the motions. Like I'm, you know, they're coming in, they're checking me. They checked me at, I was dilating very slowly, like super slow. Mm Mm-hmm. And which sucked because like I was having these strong well, contractions. Oxytocin speeds up the process. Like I feel like does it, it though? Yeah, it was it was it was weird. What is pitocin technically? It's a synthetic form of oxytocin, which okay. basically so, so oxy <laughs> so oxytocin is the hormone that helps your uh, helps you have contractions. It helps okay. the uterus contract, and then it also helps you bond with your baby afterwards. But everyone who's had pitocin that I know of has had really bad experiences. Like it does. Yeah. Doesn't work I don't think as I've it's. Ever heard a 
designed to maybe or well, pitocin is and so that's like and I I'm so like not educated with this whole realm of like natural birth versus like you know being at home and having a home birth versus being in a hospital but a lot of people feel that in the hospital it's like just like a factory and they're just like trying to get you in and out and everything and they don't really care about your well-being and so gotcha. they give you the pitocin to try to speed it up just to try to get you in and out and you can tell those nurses because i had three shifts yeah and my first nurse was really nice my night nurse was terrible yeah. and then the person when i delivered was like really tough like like you need to do this that was like, like how my doctor was who delivered like, yeah you can do it like calm down like mm-hmm I don't know if she told me to calm down, but it was... Or relax, like, yeah. Yeah, like, she was just like, you're going to do this. You're going to get through it. Like, let's go. But I needed yeah. that. I didn't want someone like, okay. Yeah, like, right. I needed someone to be like, buck it up. That tough love tough type love. of... Yeah. Well, not someone, not my husband. Yeah. Like, yeah. I want someone I don't know to do it. Right, exactly. Well, and especially someone who's like a nurse that's like, sees this all the no, time. Yeah. Right. They like, know Versus like, say. if your husband does it, you're like, who do you think you are? I will kill you. Yeah. yeah. Get away from me. Definitely. Yeah. So, so finally when they checked me again, um, I was six centimeters dilated, but then they said that I guess I had, and I never really like fully understood this, but I guess I had like a four bag. I guess you have a four bag and a hind bag. So my four (laughs) bags, yeah, I I don't know what that means. Like if that's multiple bags of water, I, I don't, I don't really understand. Like I thought my water had broken, but it was never like a gush or anything. So literally my water broke when I was at home my forebag broke and then they had to go in and break my hind bag at the hospital. And once they did that, I went from six centimeters to nine and a half centimeters in half an hour. Holy I didn't shit. feel it fully. They did that earlier. It was faster. Yes, but they didn't know. They thought my water had already broken. Okay. Cause you told them. So they didn't know. Yes. I feel like but they, te- but they tested me in triage and they tested the fluid, whatever that was in my underwear. And they're like, yes, that's amniotic fluid. Okay, like so it's not whatever else, you know, things broke. Exactly. They just assumed it would, but like some women, their water, like it's a slow trick, you know, it's not always like a a big gush. And so once they did that, and then they were doing this like technique called spinning babies where like my husband stood on one side of my bed a nurse stood on the other side. I had the epidural and they basically like just rolled me back and forth from side to side. And the, the nurse like would push on my hips and whatever doing that, it sent me into like, I all of a sudden like start, they did that for probably like 20 minutes. And then I dilated, I went from six centimeters to nine and a half super fast. I started shaking, which I thought they told me, Oh, that's like a good sign. That means you're, you're transitioning into, um, like active labor active labor yeah. yeah um so I'm like okay great like it's go time so then they're like okay you're at nine and a half centimeters they're like okay so you have your epidural they're like start scaling back on it just a little bit like so don't press your button as much so that way you can feel when it's time to push like you won't feel pain but you'll feel like an urge to push I'm like okay great so I stopped pushing my button and then um at some point in time my epidural completely stopped and I was 10 centimeters dilated and I literally felt the worst pain of my life like I I, you felt I felt active labor at it like I went from not feeling anything to active labor feeling Feeling like everything everything right exactly like like people who give birth naturally without any medicine or epidural like they I mean yeah it's that pain that they feel but they've worked up to it it was like zero to a hundred for me and I was like oh my god I felt like I was in the exorcist I literally I 
I could not like I felt like my head spun around like I I was on an epidural and mind you you cannot move from like the waist down but I my epidural only worked on one side so I like took my like right leg and I like flipped myself over into like upward downward dog or something I like was like hanging over my bed I was like oh my god help someone I was like someone please just cut this baby out like take me to a c-section right now I was like I cannot because they told me they're like oh yeah this is your first baby you're gonna be probably like actively pushing for about three hours I was like if this is what I'm gonna feel for three hours no thank you I was like just sign me up for a c-section right now like I cannot handle this and I'm a big wimp I do not like pain um at all so I was definitely, I was started crying. I like definitely was like, this is awful. And then they're like, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. They called my anesthesiologist yeah, back in the room. Hold on. Like, yeah. I'm like, okay, I'll just hold on while my baby's. Yeah. I'll just tell my out. baby to yeah. stop. Stop moving. Okay, yeah. They need to get here. Yeah. They just were trying to keep, stop me from panicking. Cause I was literally like, <laughs> I was freaking out. And then, so they brought him back in. They had to like readjust. So I guess something came loose because the epidural like the, the, it sticks in your back like well the and it time. like moves sometimes which is what happens a weird little tube that's mm-hmm. like yeah. Down in the back. yeah 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 so they redid or Not he I, I think he like administered like a like a new dose or something like that and then once he did that it was almost like immediately like relief I was like oh. and then it was like I literally went from being like psychotic to back to normal and I like apologized to my nurse I was like I'm sorry I was like okay I think I can do this again I was like let's do this and then so I was like I got like determined again I was like all right let's push let's go because I knew I was like 10 centimeters ready to push and so we did that for about four and a half hours just like Gabe and my nurse like one on each side and they were just telling me to push it was yeah but it didn't feel like a long time like even my two hours I was like oh it's been two yeah I told my doctor no more than three yeah. And then just wheel me in for that C-section. Yeah. That was your cutoff point. See, yeah. no one ever talked to me about and that. I said, if you see her head, because I was like, no forceps. And then finally yeah. I was like, if you see her head, I don't care what you have to do. Get those see, forceps and get her out. And that's, yeah. And that's what I was under the impression as well. But I was already at that point, I was already, I had already accepted like, okay, I might end up having a C-section and I'm okay with that. Like I had already started Which to like, mm-hmm. a lot of women are like, no, I'm not having because right right at that point I was just like okay this is a really this is taking a really long time like and what if I what if something happens like me trying to like deliver him vaginally and it because it puts stress on the baby yeah not only your body like your baby's in there being stressed as well because you're trying to push them out right they're coming in and out and their heart rates and and yeah and so and so that was happening with Jackson so they had me pushing every other contraction because his heart rate would dip every time I was having a contraction and would push so that was weird too but meanwhile so all day I had had the same nurse same doctor and I had really bonded with my nurse that was there during the day and then come seven o'clock it's shift change and she had to go home she actually ended up staying later because she wanted to see my baby like her and I had really bond she was like a girl like probably like about our age maybe a little older she was super nice but like I was like she was like darn like I wanted to like be here for like the birth of your baby and everything she's like do you mind like if I tomorrow when I come in or I think she was gonna be there on like a couple days later she was about to be off for a couple of days but she's like do you mind if I like ask like what ended up happening I was like oh yeah no problem and like I even had asked her like before she left I was like because she knew like you know kind of the whole situation and like how I was having to push every other contraction and everything I was like hey I was like not as my nurse, but as a friend, like, 
if I don't have this baby by like whatever certain time, like in an hour or so, like, would you do a C-section? And she said, yeah. So that's like kind of like the point that I was like, okay, like I'm, this might happen. Like I, I want to just do like whatever's best for Jackson. Like I don't want to put him like any undue stress on him or anything like that. So then shift change happens. My doctor goes home. A new doctor comes in and she's kind of like how Leo was describing her doctor. She's like, she's like, hi. She's like, I'm Dr. So-and-so. She's like, I'm type A and this is what we're going to do. And she like is down there. She's like examining. She's like, oh yeah, you have room for to deliver like an eight pound baby. Like no problem. Let's go. She's like, I could see. the normal right and then up until like he was born we had no idea that he was going to be 10 and a half pounds like no one in our family was ever that big like and like my husband's six five and he was like I think eight pounds 13 ounces so he was almost nine pounds he was long 23 inches long so I always knew okay I could have a nine pound baby like that was I was expecting that or like a high eight pound baby I was expecting that I was eight pounds two ounces so I always expected that um so she's like, oh, yeah, you, you have room to deliver eight, like, you know, like measuring like my hips and everything. She's like, you have room to deliver eight pound baby. No problem. She's like, let's do this. And so she's like, OK, but like she thought I wasn't pushing right. She's like, I know you have an epidural. She's like, so like she was trying to coach me on how to push properly. I was like, OK, I've been doing that the whole time, but whatever. Yeah, I was like, OK, I was like, great. But I was like determined, too. So we were like doing that. And then she's like, I could see his head. She's like, he's got a lot of blonde hair. I was like, oh. And then so we keep pushing. She's like, okay. She's like, all right. Um, when that wasn't working, she's like, all right. She's like, do you, she's like, he's right there. She's like, I think he's like probably just like sliding back in. Like when you stop pushing, she's like, do you want to try the vacuum? And at the time I was like, okay, well, I was like, do you think that'll work? She's like, yeah, he's so close. Like, I think just like a little extra like pull and we'll have him out of here. I was like, okay. And in retrospect, I wish I would not have used that vacuum, even though like it didn't do any like, doesn't harm them, but didn't harm him, didn't do any permanent damage. It did cause like a hematoma on his head, and so like at birth, like he had like a little like blister, like bruise, like on his head, and it was all bloody, and it was just like like I felt like trying to hold my baby afterwards, like I like he was so fragile, and I like didn't want to touch his head wrong, like and hurt his. I don't know. And plus they also already like hooked like a little monitor onto the like top of his head, you know, which probably hurts them too. But anyway, so the vacuum, they tried that a few times that didn't work. And then that that was the point where we're like, okay, I was like, let's do the C-section. So, um, and his heart rate was dipping. So it wasn't like a, like a total emergency, but it was like pretty much like she wanted to like get in and get him out. So, Gabe scrubs up and they like give me this like medication to take. They wheel me in for surgery and then they supposedly give me like a spinal, I guess. And then my anesthesia, I'm laying on the bed. Gabe wasn't even in the room yet. He said later they brought him in and I was already cut open and he was a little traumatized by that because Gabe does not like hospitals. He does not that like sounds surgery. He does not like blood. He does. Your wife is just going to like be laying down yeah. and all of a sudden she's cut open and like. Right. And so he said scary. he like glanced over at it and saw it and he looked away real quick, but they like, I don't understand why they didn't bring him in like a different way, like yeah, where like the curtain was already up. But anyways, where my experience gets super traumatic is, um, I'm laying on the operating table. They put the curtain up. You know, you're they strap your arms down. So you already feel like. They didn't like, do that to my sister. Uh, see, and yeah. I don't know why they did that for me. I feel like it's like I've seen 
it both ways. Yeah. I don't know what. I don't know if it's yeah, like maybe like so, hospital policy or maybe yeah, they like maybe. said like, oh, she already had like a freak out up in the room. <laughs> she already Stop. turned into the exorcist once. This one down. She's a flailer. I don't know what like the whole like scenario was. But anyways, they strapped my arms down like out like to the side. And I'm laying there and I'm trying to have like a good like positive outlook and stuff. And my anesthesiologist is sitting behind me. The surgeon is on the other side of the curtain and Mind you, she's type A, so she's a go-getter. She wanted to get in there and get that baby out. So she's, like, talking, and she's doing, like, little tests. Like, okay, do you feel this? Like, they did the cold test. Like, okay, do you feel cold? And, like, they're, and they put it up by, like, under my armpit, and I could feel cold. And then they run it down the side. And, and I'm like, okay, I don't, I don't feel it anymore. And they're like, good, okay. And then she takes something else. And then she's like, okay, do you feel this? And what it felt to me in the moment, I still remember, it felt like she was taking my skin on my stomach between her nails, like her fingernails, and pinching me. Like, just like how it would feel if someone pinched you. And she's like, okay, do you feel that? And I said, yeah. And she's like, okay, what does it feel like? I said, it feels like you're pinching me, and I feel like pain. And she's like, okay. And then she tried a different spot lower down. She's like, okay, do you feel that? And I said, yeah. And she's like, what does it feel like? I said, same thing. It feels like you're pinching me and I feel pain. And I could feel her frustration on the other side of the curtain. She like, like threw her arm down. Like she was frustrated. And I, and that in my head, I was, you cause you're strapped down to a table. I was like, like Oh my God, is something wrong? Like, am I not like, is my epidural not working? Like, am I not getting numb? Like what's happening? So then your brain is super powerful. And so all of a sudden, if you're focusing on not like if you're focusing on that, like, oh, my God, like I can't I can still feel this. It like magnifies it tenfold. So she literally she's like, well, all right, we need to start going. Oh, and then it didn't help that my anesthesiologist behind me is saying, oh, just give her five more minutes. Just give her five more minutes. So I'm thinking, oh, my God, he thinks my medicine hasn't kicked in yet. Meanwhile, my surgeon is on the other side wanting to cutting me open. Yeah. So is that what she was doing? She was, cutting she was actually taking a scalpel and she was like, because I had like, I don't have them anymore. But like, you know, um, after the fact, I had like little lines on my stomach where she like was taking the scalpel and like kind of just like making little small cuts, like testing. And um, so, yeah, so there. So she's like, all right, well, we need to go. We need to get this baby out, like talking to her team. So she just starts like like cutting me open and I guess I and it's like so hard now like looking back like a year and a half later like you forget a lot of like what you felt in the moment but I remember like laying there looking up at the light above me like thinking oh my god I can feel this I can feel this I can feel this like and then you think about like those stories where like people are like having surgery and they're under under anesthesia and they and they like are awake but they like can't say so then I'm starting to think that I'm like oh my god oh my god they're like like you feel like a complete loss of control and so I'm in my head panicking and then and then they tell you like with a c-section you're gonna feel like you know, them pulling, you're going to feel like pressure and like pushing and it's going to be kind of rough and stuff, but you shouldn't feel any pain. So I, I expected that, but it didn't feel like I had imagined it would. And also because Jackson was stuck, like, cause I had tried to deliver him. So, um, he was stuck and hello. Oh, it's just the kitty. <laughs> Hi Zoe. <laughs> I know. I was like, that's way too quiet for it to be like a human. And then all of a sudden I just see her little nose. That was so cute. Oh, anyways. Okay. So, and so they're, so they've cut me open. They're like, like literally like jarring my 
body back and forth on the table is what it felt like to me like trying to like pull him out I felt like I could feel everything I was like so I my I don't even know if I did or not but in my head I felt like I was like kicking my like I started kicking my legs I was moaning and screaming and Gabe was just sitting there like watching it all like helpless like he didn't know what to do he was still in the room at this time yeah he was in the room he was already sitting next to me by my head and he says that because I don't remember any of this he says he just saw the anesthesia like as soon as I started like moaning and like screaming and kind of flailing around the anesthesiologist took a syringe and he just jabbed it into my right arm and I was out god so they had to knock me out and so and from my perspective what I remember like this had to have been I don't remember him actually like giving me an injection of anything but I just remember like fading away slowly and I thought I thought I was dying like I literally was like my last thought was like oh my god something's gonna happen to me or to Jackson like we're not gonna survive this do you think you would have felt better if they told you what they were doing like hey we're gonna put you under because this isn't working I don't know like uh, like and I don't know if like they just had to do it so fast oh and also the last thing I remember hearing my surgeon say was this baby is huge or she's like oh my god this baby is huge so I thought something was wrong like I thought like he was stuck or I mean he yeah. was but but I thought it was like something happened you like you don't want to hear your doctor yell oh my god so like, so in any context yeah so she I, I just didn't like how she did that I wish she would have I mean it's like that you should never be awake for any surgery that's being performed on your body and so that's why like a c-section is so weird because you want to be awake because you want to experience the birth of your child but at the same time they have to talk to their team like mm-hmm. and communicate with each other but it's just it was like her way of saying stuff and supposedly like she's a great surgeon like I'm not saying that like she has a great reputation she does really good c-sections and everything like that but I just she just didn't really like think about like how it was affecting me mentally you know so I got knocked out and then I remember waking up in recovery with like a nurse over me in my face like trying to like wake me up and I like I like grabbed her arm like her wrist and I was like I thought I was dying like I literally said that to her and she was like oh she's like no honey she's like you're fine and everything and then so I was like and my next question was is my baby okay? Like, did he, is, did he make, I think I said, did he make it? And she's like, yeah. She's like, he's fine. He's with, your husband's with him right now. Like, they were trying to, like, calm me down. It felt like a movie. Like, it literally, like, felt like a movie. Like, waking up in recovery. And then being in recovery, was they finally, like, Gabe, so Gabe was the first one to hold Jackson. And so he brought him in. And he was holding him. And I remember that was like really like even though I wasn't the first one to hold Jackson, it was like super sweet because Gabe like if you know Gabe, like newborns like make him really uncomfortable because he's so big and he they're so tiny and fragile and he's but like always Jackson afraid of not tiny. Well, one, he wasn't tiny. Ten Came out looking pounds, like a toddler. Eight ounces, twenty three inches long, and he was like looks like a toddler. When he came out, he Sarah, was chunky. Sarah sent me a picture because I was keeping up with her. Yeah. And I want to bug you. Yeah. And she sent me a picture and I'm like, um, did she just birth a toddler? Really? Like, what, is, what just <laughs> happened? He's the biggest baby I've And ever he was seen. like not skinny or anything. He was like chunky. He had like chunky cheeks and thighs and everything. I'm like, he And ate when you good. were pregnant, we would never would have known that he was that big. Right. No. I think I carried him really internally as well as externally. because You are not that big. Well, and my belly, like, I mean, towards the end, like, it was very round. But also, I think I had such bad lower back pain because I think he was very, like, internal, too. So Because you, like, you look pregnant, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I remember going and looking back, like, I'm like, like oh, how, I'm like, going to look to see how big she was to see if it looked like she had, like, an almost 11-pound baby. Yeah. And I remember looking at your pictures, and I'm like, 
you had yeah. would, no idea you would have an almost let him have baby. Right. Everyone, yeah. yeah. Everyone was like, where did you keep and Where him? did he fit? Yeah. yeah 23 and, inches well, is and really that, long. And that's what contributes to like he had other like issues like he because he was so scrunched in, up in there. He had torticollis. We had to do um, we had to do physical therapy on his neck and his shoulder to like help him to like stretch, stretch the out. muscle yeah. that contributed to why he ended up getting a flat spot plagiocephaly which is like a whole another thing which contributed to my postpartum anxiety which is why we're here to talk about all this stuff <laughs> we'll get there but this is very th- therapeutic to talk about our birth stories too so anyways long story short um yeah it was just a crazy experience and um you know then we were at the hospital for like I was in, I was admitted for four days because I had C-section and then Jackson had to be in the NICU after that. So how long was he in the NICU for? He was in the NICU for eight days um, because he, basically because he had to receive antibiotics because he did end up getting an infection because we were in labor for so long and being checked and all that stuff like bacteria got in. And so he had what they say was looked like beginning signs of sepsis, which is super serious. So they started, so they, they just, they don't even like take a, like a risk. They just start them on antibiotics like immediately. Plus he was jaundiced a little bit. So he had to be under the billy light. Yeah. So, which was exact same experience that Leah. This is going to be as good a place as any to stop part one of my conversation with Carissa and Leah, but tune in next week to listen to part two where they wrap up all of their feelings and thoughts on childbirth and motherhood. I'll see you guys soon.